Welcome to the season two finale of the Vet SOS podcast. Cannot believe it has been two complete seasons. We're so excited. We've had a great season two. Uh, looking forward to a great season three. Uh, as always, Vet, OS, Vet SOS is brought to you by the Who You Know Network, and we're proud members and glad to be supported by the Parade Deck community. Remember, don't drown to see a transition. Grab the Vet SOS lifeline. So we got a great guest today to help us end out the season. We got Lloyd Knight from Vetlanta. He's here with us today to talk transition, you know, what they're doing for veterans, and even tell us a little bit about uh, the UPS program and how UPS is doing great things for our community. Can't wait to get into this. Uh, as always, I'm here with my partner, Eric. Eric, how are you doing today? I can't believe I've completed a full season. You kept me around for a whole season. You didn't even fire me. No, well, you, you got one of them Jimbo Fisher deals. You know, it's going <laughs> to, I can't just cut you loose. I need the, the whole board to come in with some money before we <laughs> cut you loose. Dude, I'm excited, man. This is one of my very best friends. This is a brother of mine. Um, I am super excited to hear, to let Lloyd share his story and, and what he's got going on with Vetlanta. Um, incredible organization. What he's got, what he's been doing in UPS is phenomenal. So with one of my very dearest friends here on, I'm doing phenomenal. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, how's that go, Sean? What's that saying? Oh, yeah. Pitter patter. Let's get at her. <laughs> Going to make it a thing. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's jump into it. We got Lloyd Knight. He is a veteran talent acquisition strategy manager at UPS based at the corporate headquarters in Atlanta. He's a retired Air Force veteran and is highly engaged in the veteran community, including starting the first veteran business resource group at UPS and is the co-founder and president of Vetlanta a collaboration of organizations striving to make the greater Atlanta area the premier community in the country for veterans and their families to work, live, play, and pray. Lloyd is the recipient of the 2018 UPS Jim Casey Community Service Award, which is given annually to just one of, 500, one of the 500,000 global UPS employees. Most recently, Lloyd is the author of Nightwork, My Unfinished Journey of Vetlanta, which details his journey into marriage, the Air Force, corporate America, Vetlanta, and the loss of his wife, Susan, and his renewed faith. It is so awesome to have you on here today, Lloyd. How are you doing today? Yeah, thanks, Sean. And it's awesome. Anytime I get to spend time with Eric, you know, the, uh, we, we have fun and, and we get deep and let's rock it. There you go. There you go. So before we jump into Vetland and UPS, tell us a little bit about your, your military journey and then that transition journey. How'd that go for you? You know, I know, uh, you know, you probably had a perfect transition. That's what we hear the most on the show. Um, so yeah, tell us a little I, bit about it. I, I actually did have a perfect transition, but, but it was <laughs> a nailed because, one because it was a lot of work on my end. So uh, I'm an army brat. The, uh, uh, my dad was in the army. The, uh, both of my sisters married soldiers. The uh, had a brother that was in the army. My, my uh, middle brother joined the Air Force. So I, I coming out of high school, I knew I did not want to be in the Army. So the, uh, sorry, Eric. The, uh, we forgive you. I, uh, I'm Army too. So I, I joined the Air National Guard when I was 17, joined the Air Force when I was 18, went to basic training three days after tech school, married my high school sweetheart, and then we were off. I was a pretty poor high school student, honestly. And, you know, I, I talk about it in the, in the book. Um, because I didn't have any study discipline. And then I, uh, I became an enlisted aviator. I was a loadmaster and had to quickly learn discipline uh, because at my tech school and my flight school, um, people were flunking out left and right. I had over 50% washout rate in my tech school. Wow. So I had to learn discipline and it ended up working well for me. 
had a pretty phenomenal career. I was spent three years flying operationally, then spent a lot of time in flight test. And the, uh, and then I got a great assignment, kind of reblued myself and got an assignment to Germany and, and, and uh, really figured out the importance of logistics in that job. I ended up going to headquarters air mobility command at Scott and then got the bug, first sergeant bug. You know, I spent my last three years as a first sergeant, uh, which uh, the motto of the Air Force first sergeant is people are our business. And that went on to serve me very well after I left the military, you know. I always said I, I use those skills uh, as my three years as a first sergeant more than the five college degrees I have and, and more than, you know, uh, any of the, my aviation and logistics experience. It's, it's gone on to serve me very well. Um, was doing great in my career and I, um, was really on track um, to become an E8, a senior master sergeant. I, I missed it by half a point uh, and ended up going to the um, – Senior NCO Academy as a nun select, but wow, I, I came out of that and and God spoke to me and, and and said you know my place was somewhere else. I I put in my retirement paperwork at right at the 19 year mark and uh, spent my last year focused on not only you know my role as a first sergeant but on the transition. So I, I you know there was that was 17 years ago. There was a lot less. There wasn't Beno SOS. You know, there there wasn't Higher Heroes USA and Four Block and American Corporate Partners, but there was some help out there. And, and, and you know, I started doing my homework and actually had a very successful transition. You know, I had multiple job offers, uh, ended up taking one at UPS uh, um, and not for the pay. I actually took a little bit of pay cut, honestly, but knew I could prove myself. Uh, it was a great company in a great brand. Uh, um uh, values, you know, similar to my own. Uh, and then I wanted to move to the South and, you know, got an opportunity to uh, come to Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, UPS actually held the job for me for two months. Wow. And so I ended up having a retirement ceremony on a Saturday, a Friday, a, uh, you know, starting terminal leave on a, a Saturday, moving to Atlanta on a Sunday, and then starting uh, my job, my next career on a, on a Monday. So wow. I, I, I'm one of the weird ones. But I had one, one day of terminal leave. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it the hard work piece is awesome. Um, it was hard it, work. Oh, it yeah. Oh, work. yeah. And, and I, I can't remember, Eric, what your MOS is. Uh, what what was the washout rate? <laughs> what, uh, for, for, for 11 Bravo? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that long ago. Lloyd's got such a better memory than I do. <laughs> That was the 90s, bro. I don't remember what our washout <laughs> rate was. I thought, I thought the requirement was breathing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, that's an intel guy. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. I, I was the same way. My dad was Navy. He told me to go Air Force. I went Army, you know, so it's uh, it well, is if, what it if, is. If I must admit it, my, my oldest son became an 11 Bravo. Oh. Yeah. You let him, let Eric talk to him too much. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have anything to do with that. <laughs> Either did I. <laughs> <laughs> so Lloyd, once you uh, once you transition, you start off with UPS. You've been with UPS since, right? Yeah, so seventeen us- years. I, I I jumped into a great uh, a spot, Eric. The uh, um, I, I the job they hired me to do wasn't hard. I figured it out very quickly. I was honestly bored. 
Yeah, you know, the, the first six months. And then I had to learn how to swim outside of my lane and, a, uh, and, and, and start grabbing responsibility. And it's much different in, in the commercial world than, than in the military a, uh, world. And, um, and then um, I started making a lot of decisions. You know, we were underwhelming the government contracting space. And, and, and I didn't know it at the time, but I was the subject matter expert. And so I, I started making these decisions and, and luckily I made more right decisions versus wrong. <laughs> and and uh, I got promoted three times in my first four years and wow. uh, ended up being director leading all glo- global government operations for, for UPS on, on the freight forwarding side of the house. And one thing different about where I was working in UPS, which a lot of people think about UPS and they just think about small package and brown trucks and cool brown shorts and socks. Well, I'm not cool enough to wear those brown shorts and socks. So I, uh, my group was responsible for moving big things. So, so our, our uh, claim to fame was we moved over 5,000 MRAPs and MATVs to Afghanistan. And, wow. Uh, I never made it to Afghanistan in the Air Force. I went twice with UPS, believe it or not. I didn't realize UPS. Yeah. <laughs> What's We're everywhere, shipper? bro. <laughs> everywhere. Wow. That's awesome. Okay, so we've got a good picture of what your transition looked like in those in those first several years um, with UPS. Tell us about Vetlana. I, this is the part I want to get to. This, I mean, I love UPS. Don't get me wrong. I love seeing them show up at my doorstep because it means my wife spent more money. Uh, but tell tell me tell me how Vetlana started. Man. Well, I, I've got to back it up a little bit and talk about BRGs. So if if you're, people are unfamiliar with BRGs, it's a business resource group, or some people call them an affinity group. Some companies, and it's essentially. Uh, uh, employees, mostly volunteering. Some companies do it a little bit different. Focus on internal and external engagement. Uh, A lot of companies started BRGs within the last 10 to 20 years, and not only veterans, but all over the place. And, you know, the uh, different areas, you know, the African-American, Asian Pacific, the Latino group, LBGTQ. So there's a whole bunch of of different uh, groups. Um, So when I first came to UPS, there was not a whole lot of development groups going on. You know, there was the only thing going on was women's leadership development, which was cool. You know, we were we were decades ahead of most companies in that. And uh, honestly, they were all inclusive. So they would have lunch and learns and workshops. And and, and I would go to these things and, and, and learn a lot and then uh, come out and find my HR manager and kick them in the shins and go, when is there going to be something for the rest of us? Like, right. And then uh, several years later, they called my bluff and said, hey, we're starting this veterans business resource group and we want you to lead the first one. And, and really, I, I almost said no. I, um, I was traveling like mad. You know, that's when I was going to Afghanistan. I was getting a master's degree, uh, developing, growing the group. Uh, but I actually had a, a, a female Air Force officer that was in a program that I have said, don't say no. This this is this is a big thing. A, uh, do it, and if you don't do it for yourself, do it for your coast guardsman that you hired because he wants to be the co-chair, and and he can't be the chair because he's was just uh, wasn't a, uh, a management. So I did it, and a, uh, I would love to say I did amazing things, but uh, it was you know we didn't have a budget, and a, uh, so I held a lot of events, and I used to tell people if you come to my event, don't come hungry because. 
<laughs> uh, you're not being fed. Like, right? <laughs> so there's a water faucet out front, but but I ended up, you know, <laughs> lay, laying a, a great foundation of what would become, you know, the future. And now we have 19 VBRG chapters across the country. And um, how Vetlanta got started was um, uh, John Phillips, a uh, retired uh, Army uh, Lieutenant Colonel, a uh, artillery and finance, which is weird. But uh, um, then now retired at Coca-Cola, I was leading Coca-Cola's Veterans Day activities, which which is which is huge. And um, he wanted to get all the companies, Fortune 500 companies around Atlanta to uh, sit in a room and find out what everybody was doing for veterans. And um, uh, he very arrogantly thought Coca-Cola was the only one doing anything. So uh, almost a decade ago, we had that first meeting. And it was a who's who here in Atlanta. You had UPS and AT&T and GE, Home Depot, Delta Airlines, McKesson, Georgia Tech, and uh, Coca-Cola, Delta Airlines, and, and some others. So about 25 people. And uh, I was amazed. I, I Believe it or not, I didn't say a whole lot in, that night in that room, which people who know me were like, yeah, right. Because <laughs> I like to talk. I wasn't going to say it. But we were we were shocked. Our companies were doing huge things for veterans uh, nationally, but more important, locally. Uh, collectively, and I don't exaggerate these numbers, our companies were hiring uh, over 100,000 veterans a year. Wow. Our um, foundations were contributing millions of dollars to veteran causes. And our employees were volunteering at really kind of staggering rates uh, for veteran initiatives. Uh, but what was missing was was the network. Nobody was connected, and they, um, and it's not a network if you're not connected. And because of this, and 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 I, 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 I it's pretty brutal what I say, but but it's honest. The space was dumb, so nobody was informed of, of anything, and um, money was going to some, you know, some unique groups that that weren't overly effective. And that was such a great meeting. We had a second meeting, and that second meeting would lay the foundation of Atlanta. And that is honest and open dialogue, sometimes brutal dialogue about the good, the bad, and the ugly of the space. So, so, so the good is uh, uh, an organization or individual providing the right services at the right time for the right reasons, the right people getting the right results. And the, uh, the bad is, I put them in two categories, some of these big, huge uh, organizations that get too focused on their own cult or get too focused on fundraising uh, versus providing the service deliverables they're supposed to be doing. Sometimes they'll listen to Lloyd Knight. Often they don't. And 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 then there's uh, the second category is people start nonprofits for the right reasons. You know, their heart, soul, and spirit. They want to do good things, but they don't really have the business sense or leadership abilities to ever be effective with your donor dollars or your volunteer hours. Sometimes we can help. Sometimes you're lost causes. And then there's the ugly. The ugly are the fraudsters, scammers, and schemers out there. And they are prevalent. Beside the senior community in the country, veterans are probably the most targeted. And unfortunately, uh, some of those fraudsters and scammers and schemers are fellow veterans, which is just a shame. So what we decided to do is we decided uh, to connect the network. You know, they advertise the good, they try to help the bag and isolate the ugly. And, and so we went about doing it. The ball got passed to me <laughs> and to do it. I, I, I'm still not sure how that happened. And I was totally out of my element. I had no clue 
which ended up being a, a benefit because I, I went about it very differently. You know, I started having pancake breakfast. So Eric's heard this joke often. Uh, so I always say, you know, the uh, before Vetlana, I weighed 150 pounds. And because of all the pancake breakfast I've had, I'm now this. So, <laughs> but at least we started having these early morning breakfasts, you know, 6 a.m. And a uh, and and that became a mainstay for a long time. We we had to meet at six because we all had big time corporate jobs, and a uh, you know that was the only free time we had. And I started listening to the, uh, a lot of people. I didn't even know the term at the time uh, until later. I I got a graduate certificate from UGA, and I I learned in nonprofit management, and I learned that term was stakeholders. And so I was essentially talking to my stakeholders and. Then we formed uh, as very differently. First, we didn't form as a 501c organization. We formed as a club. And then we opened it up to anybody who wanted to help veterans. And then here's where we, we, we got really way different. So we, we uh, chartered ourselves never to accept money or give them any money. We're going to focus on collaboration and volunteerism. And everything we we're going to do is going to be in kind. And then, then we started. And it, it's, been, it's been a heck of a journey. That's that's a awesome story. Uh, yeah. First of all, um, and the, the, just the fact of bringing all those resources together is truly amazing. So you said you started with essentially twenty five people. Was that twenty five different organizations or just twenty five people? Uh, it was the first meeting was twenty five people from maybe about fifteen, eighteen different organizations, okay. and and now it's crazy. We we have over eight thousand uh, people have signed up to be members, and and probably three hundred different nonprofits probably over a hundred companies are what we do is our primary service offering is our quarterly summits. Mm -hmm. So the uh, prior to COVID we were averaging about five to 600 people per summit. Our biggest one was uh, 1200. Uh, I was at Mercedes Benz stadium and governor Kemp was wow. a keynote. And then uh, right now, post COVID we're probably doing about three fifty uh, uh, this year, but we're starting to trend up. That is that is awesome. That's where I was going to go with that is how many people are involved now. And is this all based out of Atlanta or is this people from all over the place being part of this? Yeah, you know, I've always focused it on the greater Atlanta area, which is a big area, 22 counties. And a, um, we, we, we're all volunteers. No, nobody get, makes any money doing this. So uh, we, we really don't have the time to go outside of that. The, uh, and we, I always want to I'm a guy who focuses locally. And they, so I, I've always kept this local. But one of the things we've done is we've given our charter. We've even offered our logo. Uh, we've done best practices and lessons learned at over 30 cities uh, across the country to, to help them try to develop what we have. And um, But it, it's very special. Nobody's been really able to, 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 to really use the same model. So you, we've talked about our, our, our summits. What else is it that uh, tell me? Tell me because it's not just a summit, right? Like Vetlana gets involved. Vetlana is about is about like you said, building that network. So, what what what's your methodology? What's your modality for for building that network? Connecting people makes stuff happen. You know the uh, you know we we our typical summit is two hours of networking. We have thirty to fifty groups that set up tables, so it's structured networking. And then we have about an hour of speakers. When we first started, it was. It was three hours of speakers. Like I remember, we did a we did an early summit at Turner. We had over three hundred slides, and but that that was also the first time we did networking with it. And then we were like, "Holy cow! It's connecting people is making the difference." 
you know, not the speakers. And, a, uh, you know, we've seen people hired on the spot. You know, one of the things I'll do is uh, at some of the summits, I'll have all j the job seekers stand up and any company that's hiring, raise their hand. And I'll be like, go meet by the grand piano in the back or go meet by the Falcon, you know, in the back. And people have actually got hired on the spot. Um, connecting people to organizations, either if, if they need the services or if they want to volunteer or even contribute money is, is, is so important. We vet every organization that we deal with. You know, we have those pancake breakfasts and I look people in the eye. In addition to, you know, getting on the Charity Navigator, reviewing their Form 990s. And then, what we, you know, we've we've had to change kind of our strategy over the years. We we, we did a, uh, luckily, we did a McKinsey study uh, during COVID uh, that was in kind. And we, we ended up getting comfortable in our skin. Since we don't take any money, we're not a service organization. And, and you know, we, we always tried to measure our results, but, 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 but our results are hard to measure. And a, uh, because we're, we're connected to the dots. And McKinsey was like, hey, look, get comfortable with where you're at because you're doing big things, important things that are going to be impossible to measure. So one of the things we've done in the last couple of years is try to do events between the summits. You know, the, and, and, and one of the ones I'm really proud of is this community and faith. And, you know, in, in the beginning of Atlanta, we kept politics and religion out of it. And, 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 a, um, and we, we've had politicians on the stage, and, but they've always been, you know, focused on veterans and, and, and not a campaign. And, they, um, and then Eric knows the story with the passing of my, my wife, you know, who, who was really there for me was, was my Betlana family. And, they, uh, and, the, and, and several people in that family drove me to faith. And I, I was blessed. My, my faith got stronger. And they, uh, I thought it was a shame that some of the people I knew, I, I didn't know they were believers. Mm. And, they, uh, and so I, I wanted to use the power of Atlanta to, to, to uh, have a, a place these believers could go to and help other people outside of church. And, and, and so we, we started Comedian of Faith. And, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, it's not in the main summit, but we have events. And it's the, the last couple we've done in a barn in, in, in Ballground, Georgia. And, and they've, been, they've been wonderful. And they, uh, so I'm, I'm excited about that. It's, um, you know, we, we do exercise based networking. We do entrepreneurship networking. Uh, um, and this is essentially faith based networking. And again, connecting the dots, vetting who's good, bad and ugly and, 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 and then and becoming more educated uh, in the space as well. I love it. Awesome. So you've mentioned it a couple of times. I want to give you an opportunity to talk about the book. Um, I've read it. It's, it's, something that I, I cherish. I actually gave one away yesterday. I haven't gotten to tell you yet. Um, I have two copies, one that you were generous enough to sign for me um, and one that I had purchased. And so I gave the one I purchased to someone else just so that they could read your story. Um, but I want, I want right, you Eric, to tell us a little I, about it. I've got five more copies to give to you too. So, <laughs> so yeah. So uh, yeah, the book was something uh, very special. Uh, I can tell you it, it happened really, really, really fast. If If I could go back and do it over again, I would, I would I would find a different editor because there there is some editing mistakes in it. But um, how that book happened was, um, you know, when 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 I never needed friends because my best friend was by my side for for almost thirty five years, and I uh, went when she when but I always had friends though. But 
but she was who I always leaned on. And mm-hmm. when, when, when God took her, I had, I had to really lean on my friends. And so I, I, I um, made a commitment that I was going to take care of my friendships more than I have in the past. And in December, I went out with three friends for lunch at, at three separate places, friends that weren't even really connected. And a, um, the, the craziest thing is God spoke through them. All three told me to write a book that week. <laughs> wow. And I, was, I was like, holy cow, I'm, I'm going to go write a book. So I, I, I went home and wrote 15 pages and gave it to the meanest person I know, who's a uh, who's Kevin Horgan. Kevin's a, a retired UPS or a Marine veteran, an author. He just published his fourth book, maybe fifth book. Um, and I was like, he's going to read it, punch me in my face. And, and call me Forrest Gump and tell me to get back to, you know, running and, and work. And uh, so he read it and he called me up and goes, phenomenal. Keep going. And, and, mm. and I, I wrote the book in three weeks. Wow. And, and I, I don't have a strong memory, but it all just flowed out. And, he, um, and then he, uh, I, uh, I was really happy with it. it if, if you read the book, it's, it's, it's about love. It's about the tragedy. It's about, my transition story, transitioning into the military and out of the military, uh, my UPS career, the VBRG, Vetlana. Uh, um, it's, it's, it'll bring tears, but it, it'll bring laughter as well. And, a, uh, and um, I, when I finished that book, I can tell you it was so healthy for me. I, I, I thought I was finished with the book and I was trying to get it done. And I, I, I took Suzanne's ashes, the, the grain came in and, and spread them. And between finishing that book and a uh, and spreading your ashes, it was like a, a, a just a weight lifted off my chest. And a, uh, and I came back and Kevin told me, "You're not done, so you have to write a last chapter. You didn't write the last chapter, and your last chapter needs to really focus on on on, on thanking the friends that were there for you and on your faith." And and a uh, and. Um, so, so we, we, I did that and, and I, I, I love the last chapter, the, um, uh, and that was right before the warrior set free retreats that, 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 that we did the return home. And, a, um, so, so if I'm, if I write a second book, uh, 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 I'm definitely going to include that retreat because mm. that, that retreat was huge for me. The, um, yeah, and then uh, you know, interesting enough, I wrote the book and loved writing the book, and was really happy with it, and read, read through it, read through it. I haven't been able to read the book, so the because uh, you know I've started reading it, and every time I was like, oh, this is too emotional. So that's okay. one one of the reasons I got the edited copy back, and I tried to read it to check the edits, and I couldn't. So so the uh, so yeah, but yeah, thanks thanks for asking if it's a um, if anybody's interested, in it, it's on Amazon. And a, uh, or if you're here in Atlanta, let me know. And I can uh, deliver you a uh, signed copy. I love it. Yeah, it's not a, it, what I love about it. And, and Lloyd, you're an incredibly intelligent human being, but it's not a difficult read, right? Yeah. It's it's a it's an incredible story. It's just a, it's a, it's a beautiful story. And I just yeah. I encourage everyone to go get a copy. Go get yeah, a copy. My, read the book. It's my story. I. I uh, I always kid around the Forrest Gump thing is something I use all the time because I've done some crazy things uh, like, like Forrest Gump. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I went to the uh, uh, Obama's last state of the union address. I've, I, I found myself there 
so in the audience, which is interesting because I'm, I'm a Republican conservative, but, but <laughs> I was there. Uh, um, yeah, I, I've, I've been to Easter Island. I've, I've been on an aircraft carrier watching F-18s land three feet away from me. So the, uh, I've, my role in Betlanta has, has allowed me to do some, some pretty cool things as well. And j- just have been, I've traveled to 74 countries. Wow. You know, the, uh, I've, I've led a, a blessed life and, 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 you know, I've, I've had a huge tragedy in my life, but I'm, I'm not blind to all the blessings that, that I have like you, Eric Brew and, mm-hmm. the, uh, and warrior set free. I'm not blind to the, the blessings that are in front of me as well. I love it. And I appreciate you, man. I love you, dude. Okay. I so I can't believe this, Sean, but like we're at the end. I blinked yes, in this, and like we're at the end of time. So um, before we go, Lloyd, uh, for those folks that want to know more about Atlanta, maybe there's someone that's in a city that doesn't have a program like that. And they want to learn more about how to build it. What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Yeah. If somebody wants to get a hold of me, just hit me up on LinkedIn. So I, I, I'll respond to your cat on LinkedIn. So the, uh, so I'm, I'm very involved. I love to uh, would love to connect with you. So the, uh, and if you're interested in Betlanta, Betlanta, B-E-T-L-A-N-T-A.org, go to our website, sign up for our uh, events page, and you'll get the uh, invites to all our events, which are free. And Q4 is on Tuesday. Oh, wait, never Q4 mind. Q4 is on this Tuesday. Is, uh, this is being recorded. So, yeah, so never mind. That doesn't matter. That <laughs> doesn't matter. Do I just blew that. Well, well it's a, uh, yeah, it's December 5th at Goizeta, uh, Emory Goizeta School of Business. Uh, got some great speakers. Uh, and then the big one um, is going to be Q1, uh, which is going to be on February 28th. And uh, it's going to be at Clay National Guard Center. That's our 10-year anniversary celebration. Wow. Congratulations. Big, big things. We, we think we have Governor Kemp coming back. Nice. Uh, so we're, we're about 90% sure we have that locked in. So, uh, awesome. yeah, look forward to that. Awesome. Okay. Man. Thank you again, Lloyd, for taking the time to be here, brother. You know I love you. Um, I look forward. You and I need to jump on a phone call. We've got some things to discuss, but uh, I'm going to let you go for today. Um, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for everything that you do for our brothers and sisters. Um, you are a huge part of my life, and I am blessed because of you. So thank you, brother. Um, Thanks, uh, Eric and, and Sean. God bless you both. Absolutely. Thanks and on behalf us. Of, uh, of the entire Vet SOS family, we'd like to wish everyone a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, please take some time this holiday season and check out uh, your battle buddies. Check them on. Check out. Check on them. See how they're doing uh, and, and, and love on them. We'd like to thank everyone for joining us today and supporting our second season. We cannot thank you enough for all the love and support you've shown. Um, and we just we just couldn't do it without you. So join us 9 January for season three. It's coming up. Uh, make sure to follow and subscribe to us on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Please don't drown in the sea of transition. Reach out and grab the Vet SOS lifeline. See you guys.